All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. We have the running, gunning, outside backs for the Gopher <laughs> Soccer team. We have Abby Franson, Elena Dressley. Thanks so much for being with us, coming straight from practice, jumping on the show. <laughs> You're the absolute best. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks for putting up with our post-practice look. <laughs> this is, well, no, this is, I. there were so many times when I first started doing Equal Time where I would do like a post-game interview and a player would, like the first time they'd be interviewed, they'd randomly say like, how do I look? Do I look okay? I'm like, you look like a really great soccer player. That's what <laughs> you, look like. you look like you just played a game and crushed it. That's what you look like. So so let's jump in. The last four games, you know, the Gophers have, have come on super strong. First four games were such a grind where, you know, you'd play well for stretches and then results just were not going your way. A big part of the sort of swing, I think, has been both of you getting into the attack, causing a lot of havoc in the final third. Um, but talk about just you're such a veteran team. I mean, the back line is so veteran. Talk about sort of it seems to me like maybe it was a little surprising to see that lack of chemistry, just considering how long so many of you had been around. But what did it feel like those first two games, those first four games for you two? You know, was it was it just like hard to figure out what was going wrong? Was it just sort of little things that you knew you could correct? What was the vibe during those first four games that you were able to come back and look so strong these last four? Um, I think always, regardless if you have a veteran team or not, I think coming into a new season, there's always going to be like kind of this learning curve of knowing what your role is. So um, just like if there's a freshman that comes in or a transfer that comes in, like kind of trying to see how they fit into how we play and um, like what my personal role is going to be on the team. Like, am I going to be more defensive minded? Am I going to be more attacking minded? So I think each year that changes, even if you have some similar players year to year, I think it right. still makes a difference. Yeah. Elena, how did it feel for you coming back where you had to have that whole year off and we can talk more about that later, but for you, did you feel a little bit of rust coming back going full speed after missing last year due to injury? Yeah. I mean, I feel for the most part, I was just so excited to be back and playing with everyone, but there were moments where it was like, oh my gosh, like, do I know what I'm doing? But I just had to keep trusting that I'm a veteran. Like I've played before, like I just have to play more freely. And I think that was a message for the whole team over the first couple of games was just taking the points the coaches had been giving us and like watching film and just taking those little steps forward. And I think we continue to keep doing that, which is good. Right. And I think what both of you are kind of talking about too, is like the sort of the combination of like, do you have enough individual confidence and in, like, am I making the right decisions? And then that cumulatively, like we as a group, are we playing with confidence then? Like, are we all at like sort of this tipping point of, are we all individually confident enough? And then as a group, does that mean we're sort of playing enough as a group with confidence? Like, is that part of it too, of sort of everyone trying to figure out like, well, I don't want to push too much, but I also, if I'm not doing enough, sort of the, like the bizarre nature of, well, I don't want to be like the one trying too much, but I also, is that like a little bit of the struggle too of such a team oriented sport? Um, Yeah, for sure. I think also like, I'm sure you noticed that we switched our formation about yeah. halfway through our non-conference. Yeah. And I think in that sense, it kind of switched where we have space to open up and to go forwards. Right. But I think with what you were saying, I guess like in my perspective, Mm -hmm. um the switch of the formation was like a new learning point to know when I can go forward and when I need to hold back right you switch from started the year with sort of a 4-4-2 where the midfield is like kind of that diamond you know like mm -hmm. 
Lauren Donovan as the holding midfielder, a couple outside mids, and then one central attacker. Switch like a 4-3-3 where there's three in the midfield. Mm -hmm. For you two in particular, what was the sort of tweak in terms of maybe what you have, quote-unquote, permission to do more of? Or what was the sort of shift for you two with that formation shift? Um, I would just say that they've just been really emphasizing to us to get forward. And right. with the, that new formation, there's just so much space in the flanks that we can like actually occupy and like right. go up and get in the attack, which I think is inviting to us. So it makes us feel more comfortable to get forward. Yeah. I think I joked with Abby when I interviewed her after a game, I said, it's fun to watch you two get into the attack. And some of the games, things were going so well. I think typically what people think of is like one of the outside backs releases at a time because otherwise you're really leaving the rest of the back line exposed. But some of the games, the whole team was playing with so much confidence that both of you would be like bombing down. And it was it was just like an all out, like get numbers into the final third. We have so many players up there. You can't help but combine well. You know, it was just this fun mm -hmm. sort of almost hyper aggressive of like, let's just go for it. Like this mentality that you, that you two helped bring to the offense. I think of the coaches encouraging you to get forward. And then once you're there, there's just this sort of fun energy of you two on the, on the edge. Like Abby, you had multiple runs where you dribble all the way into the box. You earn the PK, you know, mm -hmm. Elena, you've just been working the edge so much as you know, are those sort of spaces that you're comfortable getting into? I know, Abby, you know, you were a winger for so much of your club and, and youth career. Um, Elena, you know, you've you've obviously played on the back line so much for the U, but talk about sort of getting into those attacking spaces and what it feels like when you're able to just sort of go go forward with, you know, with abandon of just like getting aggressive. Yeah, I think at first I was very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> I just wasn't used to being so high, but when the coach, the coaches make it so clear of like what they want from us. So like, it's very like, okay, I can go forward and I've got Laney next to me telling me when I can go forward. And I think just after each game, I just get more and more comfortable and like reading when I can go and where I should be as an option for the forward. So I just think the more we keep doing it, the more comfortable we'll get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think Elena, you probably have gotten the most, disservice from my coverage over your career of like me not acknowledging your athleticism I think like you're maybe the single greatest gap between like me not recognizing your speed I there's been times where I talk about like oh yeah it's good to have you know like Abby on the outside who's really athletic to cover for something and then someone will be like Elena's like literally the fastest player on the team like <laughs> yeah. some, somehow I just don't like somehow I've just like discounted your top end speed and this year especially in the attack it's so fun to see you just like burn defenders <laughs> is it is it talk about sort of the difference of using your athleticism defensively versus offensively because I think you've always shown really good sort of grit and positioning as an outside back, I was just watching some old clips from like 2019 that I have of you <laughs> and it's of just like from way back of you just, you know, showing it outside back. Talk about the difference in using your athleticism for sort of defensive, like positioning and sort of person to person defending versus that offensive end for both of you. Yeah, I'd say honestly, this past year with my recovery, um, the amount of work I've done like has gotten me to be as fit as I am now. And I feel right. like it's allowed me to get forward more. So like, I know I can get back. Like I'm not dead after I get all the way up and then it's like, Oh crap, I have to get back. It's like, okay, I can come back now. Like I have that fitness. 
And also I feel like with the defending piece, um, just using my body more, like my favorite thing is like separating from the forward and just getting comfortable doing that again and just getting tight on defense. Mm -hmm. Abby, how about Um, you? Yeah, I guess in my, like when I go forward, I go forward super hard and it's pretty much like I'm going forward and that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to go back. Um, And I think I kind of had to switch that to be more defensive minded, like knowing that I just need to keep the ball in front of me. I don't need to win it. Um, I can just make the forward go backwards and that's a win for the defensive line. So I think it's almost like a switch of a mindset. And when I go forward, I feel like I'm going, I'm going to goal and I'm going to get this done. And then as a defender, I'm more like, okay, I'm going to do my part and trust that my teammates are going to help me win the ball back. Right. Like sort of just like, I just need to do enough. I need to do my role. Like, it's not my job to steal this ball. It's my job to stop this person, but I'm like, it's, I don't have to individually save the entire team right now. Right. Exactly. Well, Elena, I hinted earlier, you've had just like such an interesting journey in your gopher career. You know, you come in, it's so nuts how long you've been with the program now, all the way back in 2018. (laughs) (laughs) The whole the whole back line, I mentioned it on all the broadcasts, is just old as hell. It's awesome. <laughs> you all have been around just forever. And so, Elena, you know, you're on that 2018 team. Like, if if people even remember, like, wins the Big Ten tournament. Like, crazy, like a previous era of, of this squad. And then 2019 is just objectively by the record, like, technically the worst year in program history. Just a brutal season where it's just – like the mix of folks, it's not like the team didn't have talent, just stuff didn't go the right way. You all had a great win against like a ranked team that year. Like there was plenty of potential, just stuff didn't click. 2020 was super chill. Nothing happened. No global pandemic, nothing nuts that moved the entire season to the spring, obviously. (laughs) And then, you know, last year was also super chill. No major injuries, didn't have to miss a whole year, you know, nothing. (laughs) Like now you're back as a captain, just talk about that's there's so much stuff that's happened, but for you individually, talk about sort of maybe how you've how you've changed and grown as a player and a person over that time, or just sort of, you know, does it seem like that there's so many individual crazy eras for you to have gone through in a single collegiate career? Just talk about sort of what that's felt like for you to go from, you know, a, a player trying to sort of like learn the team, learn how it works. And then now just being a staple, a captain, like, did, could you ever have envisioned like one, this many twists and turns, but also just, yeah, as a graduate senior, I'm going to be a captain. I'm going to be crushing it (laughs) outside back. Just talk about that. Yeah. um, I think with my freshman year, it was definitely a learning year. Um, It was challenging, like coming in and just seeing your place and, I just knew that I just had to work really hard and just keep working. And that off season and that spring was a really good time for me to grow and that summer. So that led me um, into my sophomore year, which for me personally, that was a good season because I started to play. <laughs> I got to see the fields. So that was fun. But the, the season itself was not enjoyable. Right. And then junior year was covid so that was just an interesting year within itself. And then um, senior year was my injury. So I think just through all those challenges was just to continue to work hard and mm-hmm. really focus on my relationships with girls on the team. Like this past year, they truly were the ones that kept me going in their belief. And it made me want to come back and play again. And just to feel their support and especially the support from the staff 
is just something that has always like kept me going. Right. Yeah. It's, I, I can't imagine the injury stuff is just nuts. I mean, sometimes I do entire shows with people about like injuries and recovery, just cause it's, it's crazy to think like the amount of like mental and emotional resilience and physical resilience you have to have to just like build back. And then you come back and you're just looking like a boss, you know, this fall. And you like, you said you feel like you're in the best shape you're in, but what it takes to get that is like nuts, you know, like 12 months of just killing yourself, basically like just crazy amounts of investment. So that's just wild. Um, Abby, you had a great interview that I missed at the time, but in the, in the spring with radio K and so there's some stuff in there that I wanted to follow up with you on. You mentioned, you know, okay. spots that were talking to you back during your recruiting days, mm-hmm. which even for you, you know, you're, you know, you're a junior, you're not quite up in seniority like Elena, but still for you probably feels forever ago of like when yeah. you were getting recruited. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned, you know, you mentioned some of the folks that were giving you offers. You mentioned, you know, Boston U and Creighton as maybe some places that were sort of towards the top or, or mm-hmm. other places you considered talk about, you know, when that process happens, I still think people probably don't have that good of an appreciation of what it's like to be recruited as a D one athlete, or maybe I'm just projecting myself on everyone. <laughs> I certainly don't know what it's like. Yeah. Um, talk just a little bit about what it, did you visit? You know, did you visit BU and Creighton? Like what actually happens on those visits when you show up? I always see the recruits at Gopher. Mm-hmm. Like I see the sweet, yeah little kids there chilling with you guys Mm -hmm. what do you actually do when you go to that visit is it just like a weekend weekend watch a game like you know shredded on campus with the team like what what are those visits like yeah um well i guess now that i think back about it i think just how young i actually was and now obviously the recruiting rules have changed and Mm -hmm. now you have to be a junior in order to come on campus and have a visit um, but I was like freshman, sophomore, and same with Elena, you know, visiting schools and kind of trying to immerse, immerse yourself in the college life and mm-hmm. see what it's like to be on that team. Um, I had the opportunity to visit both Boston U and Creighton multiple times and loved them both. I thought they were fantastic. And um, I think it's interesting to go visit different schools just to see what they have to offer, both as like a school standpoint and a soccer standpoint. Right. And also how they react to having you on campus mm-hmm. and um, everything like that. Right. Um, in the end, obviously, the U just sold my sold my heart, so I'm here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the how the U does their recruiting process and how they really sell the school and the soccer program is what sold me. And yeah, Elena, what do you remember about back then? About you know, did you have schools you were considering? Did you have different like? Um, like, was there, were and even for you, Abby, were the offers, like, markedly different or because you were a decently high-level prospect that, like, had a lot of all-state honors and, like, a lot, both of you had a lot of, like, prestige coming in to your recruiting? Did you sort of, were all the offers somewhat similar? Were they dramatically different? Did you even give a shit when you were, like, six, you know, like a freshman? Like, what was the, like, what was that like, too, Elena? Gosh, that was so long ago. Um, from what I remember was, I knew I wanted to stay close to home, and when the U showed interest, I went to some camps, and honestly, at first, I was a little nervous to, like, go to a school, like, in the city, but once I came on campus, you slowly realize it's just, like, next to the city, Um, and it was perfect. It was just what I wanted, and just the team culture and the way the girls all were friends, and it just had that family feel, and... I knew that's what I wanted. 
Yeah, I come from a town even more rural than where Abby grew up, so I'm not going to make Abby talk about what she thought about the city before she went there. Gosh, okay. I was I was ready for the city. I was ready to get out of the small town. <laughs> you were like, I'm going to go to the big city. I'm going to see mm -hmm. shows. I'm going to do it yeah, all. Right. Yeah. Um, I am I am super curious, even because a lot of the, the teams that were talking to you, Abby, or even just in general, I think it's really interesting the difference between sort of like how programs sell themselves to recruits and then like mm -hmm. how the environment is once you get there. And yeah. it's just like I've heard of a lot of players who, especially the ones that transfer, they're like, I mean, it just like wasn't anything like that. So I'm, I'm curious because this was, I mean, this was so long ago. So I mean, I guess it's not that super worthwhile. And now you have Aaron and a whole different coach, all those things. So it's yeah, I guess it's not really we're talking about. But I just I find that part super funny, especially when you're like 15, like trying to decide mm -hmm. on a school and you're like, yeah, like, did you did you even watch? Did you watch a lot of like the used games? Who so at least like kind of had a vibe of how they were playing, or did you just kind of rely on how the coaches like describe the program? Um, both, I'd say. I came to a lot of Gopher games, going through the recruitment process, and even just growing up too. So I had a good yeah. sense of how they played. But then, like, I never would go to a Boston U game growing up because that's just right. pretty unreasonable. But it was nice to be able to see them play on campus. And same with Creighton, just like to get a feel for how they play differently from each other. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the Creighton Stadium and the campus is pretty cool too. Like when it when you all it, played there yeah. in the spring, yeah. I went down there in the spring and I was like, "Damn, this is actually pretty sweet." <laughs> <laughs> um, we do share it with men's soccer though. Yeah. So right, right. Uh, we'll do a quick break to let folks know the show is brought to you by Pence Homes. Whether you're buying or selling or looking to do some projects in your current home, Nate and Lydia can help you find what you need. Financing for a basement remodel, looking to add a second bath or a workspace now that you're working from home. Pence Homes and their preferred lender, lender Angie Shear with Luminant Financing can help you find the right financing tool. Go to PenceHomes.com or find them on social media at Pence Homes. You see, I threw their logo right on the screen. We're, we're thanking them out right away. Well, we need to get you all out by 630 because you're going to go watch uh, Wheel of Fortune, obviously. So we will, <laughs> we will get to, we have some final questions. I pulled because we, we know stats now. We have access to some advanced stats. And I'm going to quiz you two on three different categories. So in non-conference play, we're going to we're going to quiz you and you go you'll go back and forth. We're going to see if you know who is the best on your team in these categories. So the, the first one. And for some reason, this does not include the UND game. So I apologize, Elena. I apologize. Uh, it does not include that game. That's why Scout's fault. That's the database's fault. But first, and Elena, you have seniority. We'll let you guess first. We'll alternate guesses and see if you can get to the top five. So who do you think has the top pass percentage? And Elena, you can guess first. And we're going to guess the top five. Mm. Ro? She's on there. So now, Abby, you have to guess anyone else in the top five. Um, Donnie. Yes. That's that's another one. Gabby. Yep. Um, Bowman. No, she, she's she's up there, but not in the top five. So let's see if Elena can guess either the the other two top five players. Laney. No. You 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 got burned. I'll give you now, Abby. You you get another guess. Let's see if you can get one. Elena? No. 
This I'll I'll give you I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint, Elena. It's someone who has played uh also someone who has played on the back line. No. I'm not telling you. <laughs> it's, it's Abby, you guess if you can guess. Is it E? It is. And then the other top five member is Amelia Brown. Oh, yeah. Amelia. I will also say the hilarious. Well, actually, I can't say this until the end because it would give stuff away. The next two categories are totals. So keep in mind that like minute, the number of minutes someone play will impact these. So just as a just as a heads up. Mm -hmm. So next one is duels. I can't tell you exactly what is categorized as a duel, but I think it is thought to be like a one on one challenge that a player goes into. So uh, Abby, you can start this one. Name top five player, top five duels in non-conference play for the Gophers. Oh, um, Lainey. Uh, no. Really? No. Okay. Total number number of duels. By the way, number of duels. Meg. Meg Gray. No. She's up there, but she's not in the top five. Millie. No. Dang. Oh, I'm not good at this. Kenna? <laughs> she, yep, she's in the top five. Elena? Yep. What? Congrats, Elena. <laughs> Elena, Elena you, you have, there's three more. Izzy? No. See, the, you're not thinking, you guys really need to start thinking of the very scrappy people on this team. Is it me? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bowman. Yes. Bro. Yes. There we go. Donnie. No, and Donnie is not in the top five. Think of who would be very most likely to get into a real life duel or a real life scrap. <laughs> who seems to almost start fighting? Kaya. Kaya. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we got to give Kaya her due. Give Kaya. Her due. <laughs> so the the next one is number of dribbles. So this is not success. This is not like successful dribbles, but like the number of dribbles. So again, I, I can't speak to exactly how it's categorized, but it's like attempting a dribble. So one on like an individual dribble move. So uh, Elena, you can guess first. Row. Yes. Bowman. Yes. Kenna. Yep. Meg. No, she was very close. She's she's basically very close to the, the top five in every category. Elena, you can guess again. Izzy? Uh-uh. Why do I feel like Gabby? Gabby? No, I'll give you a hint. One of them is on this, this show. Abby? Yep. Abby's up there. Congrats, Ab. No. <laughs> and there's, there's one more I think you haven't gotten yet. Do we see my gray? Yeah, that's my gray. Krista? No. This this is another one where Kaya Kaya sneaks in. Oh yeah. She's she's willing to go go with the heart. I'm really reading Kaya right now. <laughs> Kaya's gonna roast you guys. <laughs> Kaya's not gonna be happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. So we we do have a, a few other fun ones to close this one out. First. I want to, I'm curious, 
you guys like college soccer is an absolute grind it is like nutso there is no one who respects like the absurdity of what you all go through more than me so i'm really curious during the fall season or just whenever when you want to just not think about soccer just like get it out what's like a show or a movie that you like need to crush through when you just need to like not think about soccer dance moms Um, I'd say The Bachelor or The Bachelorette and Love Island. Oh, I haven't done Love Island yet. Is it? I mean, I know it's supposed to be good. It's okay. It's just the whole team's kind of into it. So we'll watch it together. It's all like bad reality TV, basically. It's what we love. For The the Bachelor, aren't they doing like a crazy season? Is it like a double season? Yeah, we actually watched part of the finale last night mm-hmm. a group of us um wow. yeah there's two bachelorettes so they choose at the same time is the drama mm-hmm. that they might choose the same person or is that not the drama no that's not the drama but there was drama in the beginning okay. we could go on about that but we could i mean honestly we <laughs> turn this into a bachelor bachelorette podcast if you want <laughs> and then when you all do re- like let's say you're actually missing the season or you really do want to consume soccer and you want to watch a soccer game are there certain like teams or leagues or just whatever that you like actually enjoy watching? Um, well, last year when we got knocked out, um, like before NCAAs, mm-hmm. I just love watching all the NCAA games. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun because you like either know some people that are playing or you know, or you've like played against them in ECL right. too. Mm-hmm. So I just, that's like my, one of my favorites. Yeah. It's that is fun. The common opponent thing is like even fun for me to watch teams. I'm like, well, the Gophers going to beat them because they beat someone else. <laughs> um, and this is uh, this is a another one. This is team based. I'm curious if you had to have someone. I'm stealing this directly from Yale Averbush. So Yale, if you're watching, I'm stealing this. She does this on her pod. If you had to have someone on the team take a PK to save your life, who would you choose? And Elena, you can go first. Um, Bowman. Okay. Abby, how about you? I was going to say Bowman, too. (laughs) She did crush that. She did crush that one against against Marquette. There's, I I should have had you list the five people to take it in a, in a big 10 tournament scenario. That would have been great. No, we can't give that away. (laughs) (laughs) That's honestly, that might be day of, that might be a day of. (laughs) Seriously. It's the mindset thing. Erin would look at your eyes. And if you're like, look confident or shaky, she'll make the call. Well, (laughs) thank you so much. Abby Franson, Elena Dressley, two of the run and gun and outside backs for the Gopher soccer team. A huge part of Minnesota putting on the offensive onslaught these last four games. Also tons of shutouts, tons of great, great work all across the field. They are suiting up at Nebraska to open Big Ten play on Friday. Tune in and watch that. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thank Thank you. you.